0: 2021, it's difficult for the average person to imagine that someone born and raised in the United States does not know how to use technology or navigate public transportation or could be overcome with anxiety at the thought of crossing the street. Now imagine being in a position where it's frowned upon to ask for help in those situations or even ask questions because you're expected to just know. I was that person six years ago. For over a decade, I lived in what I call a time capsule. I was eventually released from one of New Jersey's state prisons, but to an area where I had never lived, at an age that people expected me to act in a manner that was foreign to me and without the support needed for my survival. I couldn't get a job because I never had a resume. I couldn't get an apartment because I had no rental, employment, or credit history. I couldn't do the many things that would prevent me from going back to the system. Designed for me to fail. Unfortunately, I'm not the only neighbor you pass that has a similar reentry experience. So welcome to hiding in plain sight, the neighbors you never hear from. This series will take you on a journey of reentry through the firsthand experiences of six people and where they are today. What does it look like for those confined for a number of years to find themselves, but don't know who they are beyond the state identity they were branded with? I sat down with a woman who disclosed just how difficult her reentry journey was, and still is, because of the trauma of incarceration. We also delved into her experience of a prior drug addiction and the lack of time she had to acclimate while taking care of a parent diagnosed with a terminal illness. My
1: name is Summer Sprofara. I'm from Parsippany, New Jersey.
0: Um,
1: I am now a graduate of uh, Rutgers I was incarcerated for about nine and a half years in Edna Mahan Correctional Facility. Um, I was also incarcerated in Pennsylvania, Monroe County. Um, and um, I did the majority of my time in New Jersey though.
0: Summer not only spent nine and a half years at Edna in New Jersey, but she also spoke about her multi-state confinement. Vividly, she explained her feelings during reentry, along with the emotional and mental handicaps as a result of her prison experiences.
1: Coming home was very, very difficult for me. First of all, I'm the type of person, when I'm in something, that's where I am. So when I was in prison, I never thought about home. I didn't make a plan. I didn't do any of that, that's not my nature. So when I was there, I was there, and I made it the best experience that I needed it to be for me. So when I got home, I had no expectations, I know nothing, but at this point, my father had cancer. So my father was dying and within that first week, because he came and picked me up with my mother, sick already, and within that first week, um, he had to go back into the hospital with an infection and they told us that he had six months. And I was like, I don't believe that. Like He's stronger than that, there's no way. So I came home and I didn't get like the party I expected. I didn't get any new clothes. Nobody was around to take me shopping. I was too busy trying to take care of my father. They wanted me to go get my license so I could drive him to the hospital. And I was, like, freaked out about that. I was having a lot of um, panic attacks, like, even in the stores and stuff. Like, if people got too close to me or if something dropped, my mother would have to, like, usher me out of the store. Who would have thought I'd be in all these, like, elevators? But because of the hospitals with my father, I was having panic attacks in the elevators. So my mother would sing to me when we were going up and down the elevators. So there was... A whole nother part to it that I wasn't like expecting to walk into
0: before we jump into the next part of our conversation, I think it's important to point out that it's human nature to adapt to your surroundings, whatever those surroundings may be
1: I mean I say that all the time I'm like I miss myself, I miss myself, and I actually like what i I write in a journal all the time, so I, there's way too many things in there about prison and how much I miss it. And so I had, I talked to a therapist that said to me, it's okay to miss it. You know, it's okay to miss this. She's like, it's like me saying I miss this house that I lived at for 10 years. Well, I miss that house because I have memories there. I miss that house because, you know, I lived there. So it's the same type of thing. And I did well there. And I mean, well, in the sense that I earned respect that you can't seem to earn out here not the same kind Um, people like hell like people out here are not held accountable for anything they do to you and in there they're held accountable so you feel this sense of peace and I also had time for myself that people steal out here constantly Um, and I hate to make it sound like this is this amazing place but this is also probably part of the problem yeah I think I I mean you know my life out here before I went to was like I was getting high I was doing this I was doing that so my life for a long time was I wasn't in this world so this is like my first time really in it that's how I feel
0: like really in it Summer is now working in a field that she absolutely loves but that didn't come without some hurdles
1: I love the environment I love dealing with plants. um, And so I knew that this would be perfect for me, like as far as everything, plus my father was an excavator. I'm familiar with um, everything that has to do with the landscape. So um, when they told me I couldn't become a landscape architect, I changed my major to environmental planning and design. But on top of that, no one had any real openings for an environmental position with my background. So. One of the things I always say is, had I went into something more like social work or a prison-oriented field, I would have had a ton of people throwing jobs at me. I wouldn't have even probably had to go to school for it, for a lot of it, and I would have gotten jobs. And at one point, I even did change my resume to start like making it more focused towards formerly incarcerated type fields. So my, my degree, which was in environmental planning and design, I have a bachelor's in science, would have went to waste, basically. So now I'm the director of landscape management at Branchbrook
0: Park. We started ending our conversation with one of my favorite questions. I'm sure any parents and future parents listening will appreciate Summer's comments as well.
1: I guess even overall, like, Some of it would probably be just to not be so hard on yourself um, and not be so hard on your parents. It doesn't come with a manual or a book to go a little bit easier on them. Everybody's out here just trying to survive in whatever way they know how, and everybody's holding on to old things, mostly. Most, Most of the people out here have not learned how to get past things, and then they have kids,
0: and then we're all just a product of that. What would happen if we paid attention in a measurable way, not only to the impact that formerly incarcerated individuals have on communities, but to how they can enhance it? With the world's highest incarceration rate, it is naive of us as a country to not address the unhinged and unchecked harm caused by the carceral system and advance the natural and civil rights of those currently and formerly incarcerated. This is Tia and Nort, and thanks for listening to another episode of Hiding in Plain Sight. The neighbors you never hear from. And if you're interested in ways to get involved with helping our neighbors locally, I encourage you to visit NJFORTEHouse.org. That's NJForthouse.org. Or allofussarenone-northernnj.com. That's allofussarenone-northernnj.com. This series is part of the Nork News and Story Collaborative made possible with the funding support of the Geraldine R. Dodge Foundation and the Victoria Foundation. The NORC News and Story Collaborative is committed to elevating community-driven storytelling to fill information gaps in local and national media. The Collaborative trains community members in storytelling, media making, and other creative art forms to share and amplify their experiences. It's laying the groundwork for a collaborative network that will address long-standing information inequities in Newark, New Jersey. For more information and to hear local stories, visit www.newarkstories.com.